The Struggling Mind podcast is a space where people can talk about their experiences, that it's their version of events, that it's their words, and it's all about them. And it was important to provide that space because a lot of people feel that what they have to say isn't important or it isn't relevant, but it is because it will connect with somebody else that's listening. It will give that person hope that what they're going through, they're not alone. My name's Lee and I'm a life coach. And six years ago, I had a breakdown and I had to change my life. And by doing that, I needed to take back power of it. And it then enabled me to help others realise that they too can take back power and influence themselves. You can find me at www.leandersoncoaching.com or on Instagram at leandersoncoaching. I hope you enjoy this season of the Struggling Mind podcast. Welcome to the Struggling Mind podcast with me, Lee Anderson. The podcast offers a space to a host of amazing people to feel comfortable having a frank and honest conversation about experiences that have impacted their lives mentally, physically and emotionally and how they've managed to navigate their way through their struggles. So welcome to the Struggling Mind podcast with me, Lee Anderson. Today's guest is a very, very, very old dear friend of mine called how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. So we were just talking about adapting and changing and how finding new technology and <laughs> moving our way and navigating our way around it and how it's kind of changing our lives in a way. Um, yeah. And we're talking about other bits and pieces anyway. So look, even I've been friends since like we were ickle um, and we kind of think along the same sort of lines and we've got the same kind of personality. Yeah. <laughs> And I just thought it was just really, really nice just to have a come on the podcast and just see what come up and make it nice and organic. Um, But what I want to do is, with every one of my guests, I have asked three questions. Okay. Are you up for that? Of course. Okay, so question number one. If you could keep three apps and delete the rest, what three apps would you keep? Man. Um... Clubhouse. All right. 100%. Canva. Right. And, oh, WhatsApp. Okay. What about Spotify? Nah, not if you've got Apple Music and all that. There's other there's other ways to get music, like, <laughs> or I can just play it. <laughs> that would be deleted, wouldn't it? I won't have the app. Yeah, I won't have the app, would you? Oh, What's more important, talking to I people? I will play music from in my in my physical world. Make Don't it need up an app on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Go. All right, so sec- second question. If you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Um, to give people an invisible slap. <laughs> <laughs> why invisible? I'm sure you can see where it come from, though. Because if I'm walking down the street and I see someone being a right twat, I'll just be like, stop. Or, yeah, as, as it slaps him, it's got to go, no. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> you heard me. No. 
yeah. <laughs> and just that's it done <laughs> you can imagine Stanley going where the fuck did that come from <laughs> that's subconscious yeah I like that that's your so own that's karma <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes mate I love it okay question for <laughs> and I love this question what's your favourite sandwich Ooh. oh oh do you know what? It's got to be cheese and onion with salt in. Yeah. Okay. What? White onion or red onion? Red onion. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. With salt. With with salt. And and the reason being is because I always used to have it with my granddad when we got up the allotment. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, that's good. Amazing. Lots of things have happened in the past, I don't know, three or four months that have kind of been quiet impactful really didn't they do you know what I mean like, I yeah. remember when we spoke on the on the Instagram live a couple of weeks ago about the woman's world and how obviously you know women kind of fit into society and we had a really yeah. good conversation I got a lot of good feedback from that a lot of good feedback really amazing yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pleased from the, from the whole series um but specifically from you because I think it was because of how we bounced off each other yeah and, and then we were kind of giggling about a lot of things <laughs> but the whole the whole of that series was really eye-opening for me because it's a lot of things have shifted from when we grew up, you know, from when we when we were younger and how we used to be in kind of today's world. And a lot of the women, one thing that that kind of wove through all that was every single woman said they feel like they've come home. Yeah. They feel they've got sense of self worth, and they feel as if they actually understand who they are now. You know what I mean? And that was yeah. really telling because every single one of you said that. And it's it's so um, I can't find the word for it, but it's just so. Oh, what's the word? Um, not releasing. You know, it's like uh, liberating. There you go. Yeah. It really is liberating to when you recognise that moment. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And you only recognise it by actually talking about it. Do you, and then you come to realisation. You're like, hang on a minute. You know, and then you're like, yes, I found myself. And it it takes a lot of um, takes a lot of unraveling uh, and and searching and you know going through crap. I yeah. think yeah. to get round. I agree. You know, I come full circle. Yeah, and but is it full circle though? Because this is the thing that I was thinking about: was that do we ever really know what home is? I think for me, and and I guess maybe it isn't full circle, it's just because you're never back to where you were. You just, you are in a sense, but you're not because you've grown so much and you know much more. Mm. Um, so home is when you have full belief in yourself, for me. You know, mm. when when other people's insecurities can't bully you into feeling crap about yourself anymore. And when someone else is having a bad day and takes it out on you, it, you can recognise it and not let it sink into you. And you can go, don't talk to me like that. What, what are you doing? Mm. No, I ain't taking it. Fix up. Look in the mirror, sort yourself out and then come and apologise. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and also bouncing that the other way is the fact that when someone does do that, you recognise that actually it's not about me. That's your problem. That's your issue. Yeah, that's it. And you have the ability to go, just listen to what you're saying. 
yeah. you know, and understand where it's coming from. I'm not really yeah. trying to put it to. And if you say something to someone and they don't like what they're hearing and get defensive, you can do the same thing and be like, you're being defensive because you don't like what I'm saying to you. Mm. Deal with it. <laughs> mm. It's true. I think, you know, for so many years, I think for me personally, I, you know, I, I struggled so much with a sense of self because you're led to believe one thing about yourself. Then you find out something else about yourself and then you struggle to come to terms with that because what you're doing is you're allowing someone else's beliefs to make you think that. And then you realise that that's a load of shit as well. And then you're, you're back to that, well, who am I? You know, yeah. who is this? Because you're so bogged down with all the labels that you're given that somewhere underneath at the bottom is you. And you don't know what that person looks like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And for years and years and years, I struggled with that. And, you know, it impacted massively with my mental health. And it took me to places that was fucking horrendous. And you think you're the only person that's there. You think you're the only person that's struggling. You think you're the only person that 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 is occupying that space, for want of a better way to say it. And you don't... Because I've I, I done, a, I done a, um, a post the other day about this. And... It was the first time you can kind of talk about something without thinking about it because it rattles off because you're at peace with it because you embrace it and you accept it you know mm. i understand that i have issues with mental health i understand that i've battled for years with, with mental health but it's mine you know i own that yeah. now. it doesn't own me you know it doesn't bite me on the ass anymore it's kind of like i know it's there i know what my triggers are and then when it creeps in i'm like all right you can every five minutes and then you go in yeah you know it really does and for the first time ever in my life, you know, I kind of know who I am. And I found that really nice, sweet, content spot. And that's home. Yeah. And it's it's funny because it was only when you women were talking about it that I was like, oh shit, I get that. Like, that's what that is. Because you're you're you resist so much against something that you want because you don't know what it feels like. Yeah. Like you have exactly. no idea, but you know in your head what you want but you don't know how it feels like so that transition of having something and then mentally and emotionally and physically taking yourself to that point is totally different but when it all comes in and you're like oh i, I get it i, I get that's it. what I've i mean seen. yeah it feels like you've i always say this to people like when you've gone through therapy or you've had some form of therapy um i've had my fair share of cognitive behavioral therapy which i recommend to everybody and no. nlp as well um you have this weird thing where you you're almost like on the other side do you know what i mean like you get it yeah and you can see the people who haven't you know and it's so much clearer now you're like wow and you can just see the people that are lost you can see all of this behavior that we were just talking about, you can just see it so much clearer and mm. not allow it to affect you. Whereas before you were like entangled in all of that with it. And now it's like, you're on this and there's this like weird invisible wall. Mm. And you're just like in this enlightened stage. And the thing is as well, as soon as you start talking to someone, you will know that they're in the same place as you. Yeah. And they've been through what, you know, because they're on the other side and it's so, <laughs> That's I have, for me. <laughs> it's, but that's true, right? and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll put some context into that. And something that I heard, I heard. Um, do you know the book? Is it the, the the horse, the boy, the fox, and the 
um, and there's something else. He wrote yeah. it like, right. So he done a podcast with Irony Gordon, and he said, he said, I'm just a man that's standing on the edge of a river looking for a way across as well. He said, people think that I'm across, but I'm not. He said, I'm just like you. And that really resonated because it is almost like that. You know, as much as you feel that you're on the other side, you're not. Because it's almost like you've been there and you come back and go, right, I can show you how I got across. It might work yeah. for you. And that's that's, kind of, that's where I am. It's, it's like I have this knowledge and I want to share it with you because I believe that you think that where you are is where you're supposed to be. And that's as good as it gets. And it's not. Yeah. You know, it's and that's not. and the other thing is as well is and I know that you can hundred percent resonate with this is I've realised my purpose and it's to help other people. Yeah. You know, and I know like I can just see your face and I can know that you exact you know exactly the same and just what you just said like yeah you're on the other side and it's your you now have to go and build a bridge back for them people to all come over. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's like, I'm here, but I can't go, I can't carry on until, you know, we need to do this together. That's how I feel about it. It's, it's true, because I think that, you know, I'm gonna always use my, my mental health as a reference because it was mine and it kind of got me to where I am. Without it, you know, it was gonna kill me or cure me. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of neither done one of them yet. But even though, see the one good thing about not the one good thing, but one thing about having mental health is the fact that you can hide stuff, like really hide stuff from people. And by doing, by hiding stuff, what you do is then you start to highlight everybody's qualities mm. and make people feel good about themselves, but actually see that person standing in front of you rather than generalizing because we're all different. And that was a natural thing for me to do. Do you know what I mean? I had that empathetic side. I was very, very aware of people and um, and it's only when you kind of come through a lot of stuff and then you start to train and you start to get experience and all that and you start to realise and you go, oh my God, that quality really is a gift. And from a young age, I always wanted to have a legacy. I didn't know what it was, but I always liked the word legacy and I always liked the idea of leaving something. But, you know, we was never rich. And I don't think it was like money-wise. I just think it was about something that you left with somebody, that something, something that you left with somebody that helped them and they then passed it on to somebody else and to me that was a legacy because it was like look try this this helped me and yeah. then they go to the mate oh look try that that helped that helped them and i think this is kind of what i'm doing there because like i said to you before at the beginning i'm not doing this because i have to i'm doing it because i wanna and because yeah. i can and i think that for me is my purpose and that's my kind of my catalyst that's my driver you know i learn stuff i i, I enroll in courses because not only does it teach me more about myself but it helps me pass it on to other people. And I remember when I first started out being a coach, like a life coach, and I was like, I can't charge people. Like, I can't <laughs> charge people for me to help people. You know, I should just be helping them. And I was like, look, you need to charge people. You, you know, you, you're earning a living. That's how it works. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but how can I do this to people to help them? And it's like, that's just what you do. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and that, I remember, that's, that's um, it's the same as creatives. You know, I've struggled on how to monetize myself and knowing that you know all of the years and the way way to quantify it which is what i'm doing now is all of the years that you put in to learn mm. everything about what you know you pay for in time yeah. in money in sweat in stress so people are paying for that as well yeah. you know and 
if you don't charge, then how can someone trust you to I know. change their I, life? I, and that's exactly what he said to me. He was like, look, right, you've been, you've sat down, you sacrificed, you've learned, you've understood, you've turned yourself inside out. He said, I wouldn't want to come and tell somebody that I haven't got to pay for. Because number one, I wouldn't commit to it. Why would I? And number two is like, you know, you're not charging me anything. So I'd be questioning that straight away. Yeah. So he was like, seriously, you need to go and check yourself. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. oh, fair enough. <laughs> no, you've done the right thing. But you're 100%, you're, you're creating a legacy right now. Hmm. You know, and, and it isn't, you know, I remember years ago success to me was was you know being famous you know uh and whatever success for me now is being happy healthy you know and pretty much helping people yeah you know because that's what makes me happy and that gives me something inside that nothing can replace you know um so yeah I, totally I always that. I always knew like growing up that we were so similar and so yeah 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 there was just who knew that like our mums were like best friends you know we both had we both come from like a mixed background we both turned out to be gay do you know what I mean? yeah and, like, both single parent families yeah yeah and you know and we both kind of I mean, I knew from a young age that I was different, regardless of my sexuality. I always knew that I was different to the people that I was around because mm. I had a thirst for knowledge, but I wanted to know things, but I wanted to know people. I wanted to understand what made people tick. You yeah. know, I was curious. I was happy to sit with like the older lot and listen to the way that they talked to each other and how they interacted. Because people of my age, I'd kind of outgrown them because, you know, we had to grow up quite quick. Yeah. So, like, you know, we have responsibility at such a young age. You know, I was working at 11. Yeah. My mum drafted my ass. Yeah, uh, same. You know, I had my paper Yeah, but it was kind of like, look, responsibility, go and get a job. By the yeah. way, you know, I've got the shopping and you're going to work Saturday morning. And then you're kind of like, yeah. what? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Up at five down at the market, you're kind of like, no. I remember um, you used to work down the market. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hated that job. Brilliant. Do you know what though? I was the same when I had the paper round around the corner. I would be up at the crack of dawn, pitch black, delivering all the papers in the council blocks, yeah. cracking myself. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny because you know I used to always have this impression of my childhood being quite stark, but it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't. Yeah. It was kind. Of picture that I painted because I remembered things that I wanted to remember and I forgot stuff that I didn't want to remember and it was kind of funny because it's only you know over the last couple of years I was like I had a good childhood you know my mum wasn't around because she was working you know so which meant I couldn't go out with my friends because I was looking after my sisters yeah and I resented her for that because I thought it was if she was taking away my childhood by making me responsible for two other humans mm. uh, and, you know, and I hated that. And I held a massive grudge against one for years for that. Um, and it was only about 10 years ago, I think, that I kind of brought those issues up and chatted about them. And I was like, because mm. you kind of reparent your parent. You didn't give yeah. me this, you wasn't there for that, you know, and it's kind of like, 
but that's what she knew. She was doing what she thought. So rather than being a caregiver, she was being a provider. And yeah, I didn't well, that's, that's all they could be because we only had them, didn't we? We didn't have yeah. any dads around. So my mum was the same. She worked like two jobs. And Lisa had to look after me and hated it. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is my relationship with my sisters now is so much better than it was. I mean, if I could have swapped them for something, trust me. Oh, I God, same. I hated my sister growing up. But and my sister, yeah, my sisters have got a good relationship between themselves, and but my relationship with my sisters individually is is mm. good. Um, but you know, I think with my mum now, I kind of see her more, you know, and because it's not so clouded with the stuff that she didn't do for me and she didn't give me, because I understand that she couldn't because she was doing what she thought was the right thing, which was making sure that we was fed, clothed and at school yeah uh, and it takes it it takes a certain you need to go through stuff to actually look at the other side because you're only ever going to see it from a child point of view yeah. until you're an adult yeah and then you see the real struggles in the world and understand them as an adult and then you go oh that's what was happening right better go and apologize then <laughs> <laughs> So what's those flashbacks? Oh, I just love you. There you go. You yeah, take yeah. There you go. Sure. <laughs> it, I think a lot of us now um, we struggle a lot with what happened in our past because we're led to believe certain things, and you know our principles and our values come from our parents. You know, mm. this is what we are. That's what you do. You know, even down to things like having dinner on a Sunday at three o'clock. You know, that was, a, that was, but do you understand what I mean? It's like, it's something that, that happened, therefore you carried that, that over. That was such a thing. It was really bizarre. It was such a thing, wasn't it? Specifically. Yeah. Or chips in the chip shop, but we, yeah. like, we lived in the chip shop around the corner. Yeah. Chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chips. Yeah. Like, when things were tight, it was like a large bag of chips between the three of us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Remember, money it was a bag of chips each and it was and he, he he the most. yeah he had lemon plants in his chip shop i always remember the lemon plants oh yes <laughs> yes and i remember those on the windowsill yeah yeah and you'd squeeze the leaves and you could just put your arms on the top of the heater things and burn them <laughs> yeah i remember those and the onion vinegar you used to get it from uh, his can yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it was it's kind of like you look back on those and you just think like I got a lot of my my values and I got a lot of my beliefs from there and they weren't mine. Mm. You know, I had, I had a lot of inner conflicts with those because of what I felt and what I was led to believe. And they were constantly battling each other because mm. what I was led to believe totally outweighed and dominated who I was because it was so embedded in us that this is how you do it. This is the way that it's done. That's what you're going to do. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and even sort of coming out, it was, it, it was difficult because of conditions. You know, I was conditioned. I never knew any gay people. You know, gay people that saw me never related to me at all. And that's, that's what I was just going to say to you. Like, um, when, when, you know, I think you being a guy as well and having to come out, growing up in a female household would you know would have been equally as tough I mean mine was tough because I was a Catholic I still am Catholic but you know being from quite a strict Catholic upbringing um 
And I, I guess I was the the man of the house in inverted commas um, as well. I was the fixer and the, you know, um, but yeah, it must've been, it, it was tough. It was. Yeah. I mean, I would, uh, I knew again, you know, I knew there was, I was different, but I'd never ever questioned the fact that I was gay ever because mm. it just was never on my radar at Me all. Me either. I didn't never, even know, like I didn't even know and and when I when I when it happened and I literally felt disgusted with myself I was my mum like thought I was on drugs or something because I kept it to myself for like six months and I was like I couldn't understand that I'd done something that was I didn't even know like what where it came from first of all and then the fact that I liked it I, know. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I couldn't think. My mind was just a mess. Could not figure it out at all. And then I was just like, and then you add Catholicism on top of that, you know. And then yeah, I didn't yeah. know. I mine was the same to a degree because that when you start. I mean, I remember the first time you know I battled for you. I remember I used to get up every morning sort of the toilet and think no I can't no I can't no. but I never say the word I never say the word even though it was in the back of my mind going over and over and over and over again and I used to have these like checkered um, tiles on my floor in the bathroom and I remember looking at them and thinking all right if it lands on the white I'll say it if it lands on the black I won't say it but I always <laughs> have to make sure that it landed on the black do you know what I mean and I remember the first time I said to myself I'm gay and I was like shit I'm gay shit, how does that happen? And then all of a sudden you start thinking about like what your parents are going to say and then you start thinking about what your mates are going to say and then you're like, oh my God, like, I'm going to have to completely divorce my life that I knew in order to now be part of this life. And, and that was what I found really hard. I thought coming out would be hard, but it was understanding where I actually sat, you know, who I was, where I fitted, because not only was I struggling to obviously you know, understand that I was a guy and I was mixed race and I was a big lad. But then it was like, okay, so throw gay into the mix. You know, going back then, like, it's like, where the fuck does that, you know, where am I now? You know, what what, what yeah. happened to this? And then, then it was like, okay, so then what do I do now? You know, how do I navigate my way through this part of the world? Where do you go and find, like, and go, all right, mate, I'm gay. What do I do yeah. next? <laughs> That's what I mean. And like, with, with, with me, I was going into transitioning into literally moving to Denmark in the new girl group at the time I'd just recently come out and I was I came out as bi because that's the transition clearly um and I could I couldn't say it I couldn't I couldn't I was comfortable saying that I was bi for for me to be able to get used to it because I couldn't I couldn't get used to saying that I was gay I just I was I didn't, my mum didn't take it well. Um, I got, you know, quite a hard time from from some people in the industry, in the music industry from it. Um, um, and, and yeah, it, it didn't go down too well. Um, I remember telling my sister and she was like, and? And then I, my mate, like Annie, I told Annie and she was like, is that it? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, hello, I've just told you I've completely changed my life. You yeah, know, I was like, I'm more a than that. 
I remember when I told my sister, I'm about to go all the way down to Greenwich. I've got something to tell you. And I'm like, I know this bitch knows what I'm going to say to her. And I remember going all the way down to Greenwich and we crossed the road um, opposite the church thing, sat down the wall, and I've got something to tell you. She went, don't tell me you're gay. And I was like, what? She went, don't tell me that. And I was like, you probably go through all this. And she went, look, seriously, you had plenty of opportunities to tell me, she went, but I knew that. I was like, what do you think? She went, I don't care. I'm not fussed, you know what I mean? I was like, God, I sweated for like four hours walking around yeah. Greenwich, blowing out of my ass. Yeah. I heard someone on the table that she already knew. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> brilliant. That was brilliant. I remember that my mum. I remember, I remember I phoned her up and I went to lot. I've got something to tell you. I'm going to come around after the gym. And she was like, tell me on the phone. And I was like, you know how demand is. Tell me, tell me now. And I was like, no, yeah, I'll tell yeah. you. I'm going to come around. So I was in the gym and I was like, how am I going to tell her this? Like, I had to commit to telling her, otherwise I would never tell her. And I was in the gym for about an hour, like longer than I normally would be. And I remember driving around and pulling up on the drive and I was like, she's going to kill me. I remember I walked in and she was sitting in the dining room putting her makeup on. You know, she pulls yeah. her glasses down and tries to look underneath. Yeah. <laughs> and I went into the kitchen to get a drink. And she's like, what are you going to tell me then? And I was like, um, she went, you got a girl in trouble? And I was like, no. She went, are you in trouble? And I was like, no. She went, are you gay? And I went, yeah. And it just went silent. And I just popped my head around the door and I went, and? She went, all right. She went, as long as you're all right and you're happy, I don't care. And I was like, no, that's just too easy. Yeah. That's just too easy. But it turns out, I found out about 10 years ago, my mum said that, once she reflected on it like that night, she said that she was crying. She said, because what she started to think about was, um, Grandkids. am I going to be safe? Is anything going to happen to me? Because people obviously, people, people's attitudes towards it and not having any grandkids, do you know what I mean? And I was like, why didn't you have that conversation with me? She went, because it was selfish. I felt selfish. And I was like, no, but you know, you've got every right to think that because you know, I'm your son and mm. I'm your only son. Um, and, you know, the name stops with me and everything. And so she had every right to feel though. So I felt absolutely devastated when she told me that, do you know what I mean? Aww. But it but it is because, you know, becoming you will always impact other people because mm. it's not what they're used to. And, you know, if you start to change things on people, people find it really difficult to, to, to manage that, to deal with it. And they struggle really, really a lot. And, you know, it just goes to show that we keep a lot of things to ourselves because we are scared of, of the impact it has on other people. And, you know, for me personally, that's what I did. You know, I kept a lot of stuff from people because I was more worried about how it would affect them rather than the way that it was affecting me. And mm. I was just thinking, oh, I was collateral damage. You know, I'm one person. But for what I was going to share, not just with, with my sexuality, but what was going on mentally with me, would have a massive effect on a lot of people around me. Mm. And I didn't want to do that. So I just thought it would be easier if I just contained it and consumed it all than actually going, look, you know, something upstairs ain't working right. You know, I'm a little bit warped here. Something's, there's a kink somewhere that's just, you know, it's just not working. But even using words like that to myself was just reinforcing that for me. Do you know what I mean? And so I'm really yeah. mindful of how I talk about myself and, and what I say about myself and, and how I show and present myself to people because that also has an impact on the way that people see me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd never see that. And the thing is, it's like, um, you know, really important for you to understand now that 
personally, like I don't think it's selfish to for you to to tell people about what's going on because I understand why you you didn't to protect others, but at the same time you need to protect you. Mm. And to do that, you need to be open and be able to tell people. And you know, I say this coming from a like I've done it myself. When when you're struggling, and you know that people aren't understanding you, or they won't get it, and and they just don't. You know, I remember when I come out, my mum really struggled with it, and it that was a time where I realised my mum was human. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I and and I realised that she. It's the first time she, I thought she knew I was gay. I thought she, I thought I'd tell her and she would go, yeah, I know, you know, but she did not have a clue and was completely devastated, gutted, you know, wanted me to have grandkids, like she wanted grandkids and, and all of this stuff. And, um, you know, I think it was when she told my nan and granddad and they were, they were like, obviously, you know, come thinking about it from my mum's perspective, mixed race kids out of the family and now one of them was gay and and you know they're catholic and you know she's probably thinking along those lines and they were like mm, we don't care we, we love her no matter what and i think that's when it was like oh thank god so yeah. then she started being okay with it you know um and and when i got to see that i was like rah my mum's just like i could see her as a young girl do you know what i mean learning new things it was really weird i get that it, it, i do get that because i do believe that parents only parent the way that their parents parented them and what they do is like i remember me and me and rose sitting with my kids and go oh, i'm never gonna be like her when we have kids i'm gonna let my kids do anything they want to do and you're kind of like now you're thinking I've got two dogs, right? Yeah. And I, I expect from my dogs because I'm thinking like you should know better. But I forget they're dogs; they're just doing what they what they what they naturally do. But yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh my god, I sound like my mum. Like, I sound so much like my mum. And obviously with Raina and obviously my nephew and that now, she's like she's so not like my mum, but yet she's so like her. I let him do it every once. He's kind of like, no, you don't. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you can't help it because it's 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 there, it's in yeah. you. you know, it really yeah. is. And if you're aware of it, you can do it slightly different. But there's still going to be elements of it that there is that is familiar because it's what yeah. we know. Um and I think now for me personally, you know, as I said, because of the kind of space that I occupy now, I understand me better. Um and I and if, it, if I start to struggle with stuff, I'm like, I'll verbalize it. I'm like, yeah. listen, something's going on here. I don't know what it is. I'll say to Mark all the time, there's something going on. I'm not sure. Just bear with me. If I'm being a bit off, I'm trying to work it out. And he'll just give me some space and he'll go to me. Yeah. Got and I'll be like, I think so. And then I'll talk about it. I'll make sense of it to track it back from where we started from. And I'm like, ah, oh. and then I'm aware of that. Yeah. And then you can deal with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm exactly the same. I'll get these same patterns. I'll, I'll notice these patterns in myself and, my pattern starts from starting to have really irrational thoughts and they're emotionally driven. And, and it's just like, the, and then, you know, one thing might go wrong on my world, everything. And that's when I know I was like, nah, cause everything's all right. So yeah. why am I feeling like this? And why <laughs> the hell am I crying? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, you know, then I'm like, right. And I know it lasts for a good couple of days, 
and I just have to ride it. Yeah. And then I'm back like nothing happened. It's true. It's true. Mine's almost the same as that, but mine's scenarios. I play out scenarios in my head to the point that I actually believe them. That yeah. it's real. Like it's real. And then there was one time we had someone renting out the jeep next door, this woman, but she started corresponding via text. And I was like, oh, she sounds quite nice. She's really cool. And I started to build up this relationship with her that we're not even having. Right, she's going to be my best friend. We're going to sit in sunbathe together. We're going to get and all this. So when she turned up, she got out of the car and she didn't even look at me. And I was like, bitch. Yeah. I never spoke to her for four days. We were best friends. <laughs> you don't know what we were yeah. doing. How I dare you? We were sunbathing together and getting cocktails. <laughs> And I was like, "What? Well, that woman wants you. He's like, well, I mean, don't know what her name is, but her uh, next door. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you went to him, what is the, why are you being so like, rude to her? I was like, because she's just not been the person that I expected her to be. Like, yeah. in my head, doesn't match up to reality. And, and that's what happens to me. All of a sudden, this facade of a world takes over. And Mark's looking at me, she's like, you just fell on this fucking planet in you. Like, what's going on with you? Like, what are you thinking? And he goes, you know, you go off into this kind of imaginary world. Yeah. Uh, and you do, and it takes me like a couple of days, maybe three days to kind of rein it in. And then I'm like, I'm back in the room. Yeah. Okay. She's just another person on this planet that's renting out my Jeep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know her, you know, her kids are nice, her husband seems all right, but fuck her, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, innit? yeah. <laughs> but that must come from, that must come from somewhere, that that need to want to to make friends with people, to have those friendships, like, that must come from somewhere deep. For me, I think where that comes from is because, I'm probably going to loosely describe this here, but... Being the eldest child and having responsibility. And do you remember my mum said to me, whenever someone come, use your discretion, someone's at the door, use your discretion. I was like, well, I don't know what discretion means, but you know what discretion is. Yeah. But you don't, you don't know what it, do you know what I mean? And I think, but I, so I've always kind of drifted from people to people to people because not that I get bored, but it's kind of like we have nothing else in common now. So I need yeah. information from somewhere else. So I knew, but there was never that, like my, if I had That's a best fun. friend, yeah, if I had a best friend, they haven't got a best friend because they've got me. And if they had a best friend, it would really put my nose out of joint and I'd be really kind of hurt by it because it's like, well, you've got me, you don't need anything else. Yeah. And it took me years to kind of grow out of that, that people can be friends with whoever they want to be. And I think now, you know, as much as I'm a people pleaser, I understand that it was it wasn't making me feel good because I was always trying to make other people feel good. Mm. Um, but it was and then expecting the same in return that I was the same. Yeah. I'd be like, I would never. I used to always go to my mum. Why is that happening? Why are people like this? And my whole life, my mum's like, Eve, not everyone's like you. Not everyone, but. You know, I'm so loyal and I would do anything for them. And they've just gone out with someone else and not told me. <laughs> Ball in my eyes, I can't deal with it. Life's over. It and that, that's, that, was my, that was my outlook. I was, I'd be like, why, you know, why am I being left out? Or So I had that whole thing, you know, not, I guess, wanting to, to be left behind or left out when... I put so much effort into my friendships and so much 
you know, I had so much respect for my friendships and I wasn't really ever given the same back. So then my expectations become really high. Yeah. Yeah. And and that wasn't healthy at all. No. It's, it, you know, that and, and something else that you just said then made me think was acceptance. Because I think that for me, not knowing who I truly was, because I was always someone's son or someone's brother or someone's mm. nephew, you know, or someone, I was never Lee, never Lee. I was never referred to as Lee. It was always like, oh, there's so-and-so son. Oh, there's so-and-so's brother. Do you know what I mean? It's like, hello. Yeah. But also I was still trying to understand who I was. So how could I present that to people if I didn't know who the fuck I was? And yeah. so I think acceptance is trying to say to people, this is me, but I'm not too sure that it is. Yeah. Uh, so just bear with me while I go through all these transitions in life. But, this, but yeah, but this, this is me right now. Yeah. So I might be changing next week. Yeah. And tomorrow I'm definitely going to be somebody else. Yeah. I just can't tell you who it's going to be. And I think it and I think it is. And I think coming back to the beginning of the conversation about, you know, where we are now and knowing who we are now, I think I finally caught up with myself and I finally worked out like who Lee is and there's no pretense and I don't have to please and I don't have to worry and I don't have to think about, you know, how it's going to land with somebody. And it's kind of, but I'm, I'm very mindful of, of me, but like, I know who I am. And it's, um, it's, it's a really refreshing thing because I can go to bed now and within 10 minutes I'm asleep. You know, I used to go to bed and I'd be like tossing and turning and I could never switch off and I'd worry and I'd always, you know, attach myself to stuff that happened in the day that I could have done better or I shouldn't have said this and I hope they're all right. And I'd have a list of people in my head that I'd have to text or phone the next day because I felt I needed to apologise in case I said something funny to them. Oh my and God, it, me too. Yeah, and it's exhausting. I had that and it's constant, this, this constant anxiety of... Yeah feel and I don't know where that comes from like that over explaining and that over being over apologetic and that constantly like you know getting your digging yourself into a hole because you you just you know oh you know I didn't mean and and and, and you're like shut up it's, it's like that, you know, that phone call that you know you've got to make and in your head you're thinking this is how that phone call's gonna go and then when you find them they go yeah then and you're like yeah what <laughs> Like, I've just sweated. I've, like, literally had a meltdown before I phoned you. I put the phone down about six times, and you're just like, yeah. Like, I need more. Like, I've invested so much into this for, more, you know, just for a year. Yeah. Like, that's what it, it, yeah, like, you know. say something. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Anything. But, but that's what I mean. Like, it, it just goes to show that we, we overthink 100%. Mm. Um, and we, the, the lesson to take away is not to assume. You don't know what someone's thinking for fact. You're creating the story in your mind. You're yeah. assuming how it's gonna go. You're playing the whole thing out in your mind when you, it's not fact. And so no. the one thing when I find myself doing that, um, cause I used to be, it used to, for days, I'd be running, especially if I had an argument with someone, I'd be replaying it in my head. I'd be me and them. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, fucking you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would be literally playing it over, saying it out loud and everything. Like, that's how much it would affect me. And it was only, it was Lucy actually, who was like, but do you know for a fact? Was I think, was it Lucy? I can't remember. But I know she has said it to me, but someone said to me unless you know for an absolute fact you you've seen it you've heard it it's it's a physical thing 
then you don't know. Yeah. And you're never going to know. Yeah. So stop making all this crap up in your head. And until you do know, then you can respond, you know, accordingly. Yeah. So I do this thing, right? So this girl called Diane is my intrusive negative thoughts. Yeah. When she comes into my mind, I'm like, Diane, is this fact or are you making this up? Because if it's fact, then show me the facts. If you're making it up, then fuck off. Yeah. And and it works. It's called fault stopping. You know, it's yeah. a CBT for me. And so, and it works for me because I used to be so inundated with these these in, intrusive faults that it would it would just totally dominate my life. And when I discovered that technique, and that's kind of what got me into CBC in the first place, it worked so much, and it just alleviated so much of that stress and that anxiety of what I thought things were. Because whenever you have that scenario in your head, you're not thinking about that other person. That person doesn't even come into the equation. They're not even there. It's just a conversation that you have in your head with another voice in your head. Do you know what I mean? And you're wasting so much time. Yes. Yes. And you do, and you sit down and you're like, I've done nothing, but I feel like I've done a day's work. Yeah. And it just knackers your brain out. It literally knackers your brain out. It does. And in the meantime, they're just going about their business, none the wiser. Oh, how are you doing? It's like, yeah. am I doing? Let me yeah. tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> you don't know. Well, when I mean. you said that as well, let me tell you what I said back to you. <laughs> and after time, they haven't even got a clue if they've done anything wrong. And some of them don't even know you. No. <laughs> <laughs> they just come to come on holiday, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you've got this loony tune going to you. We could have been friends, yeah. not anymore. You are my best mate. <laughs> we were not on a way together. I looked after yeah. your kids. <laughs> but oh. no, you do not yeah. want to do yeah. that. When you got out of the car, after your five-hour journey, you had the ump. So you didn't even acknowledge me. <laughs> she went to me, this woman, she went to me, are you Lee? And I was like... responding for like two weeks like am I Lee like and I was looking at Mark and said like is she for real and Mark's like are you crazy <laughs> oh don't my cheeks are literally killing me I look back on things now that used to really haunt me and I actually look for the funniness in it I look for the humour and, and, yeah. and like literally I'll sit there and go do you remember that time he's done so and so and he was like well that time that you really persecuted he's like yeah that time yeah. He's like, and he's giggle and he's like I can't believe how far you've come like, literally can't believe how far you like things have changed and I was like yeah but you know what I can't do nothing about it now it's happened yeah but I'd and that's what I was just gonna say like the fact we're sitting here laughing about this now is brilliant I love it it's like we got like parallel lives but they're so different yeah like, yeah so we've gone on two completely different journeys yet that it you know we've been through yeah the same pretty much so, so I remember that I, wanted to, I wanted to win the lottery. So I was in, I remember a, a relationship that I was in before Mark and it was a really, really toxic relationship, like really bad. And I remember we started playing the lottery and I didn't want to play the lottery to win. I wanted to play the lottery to escape because I thought if I won the lottery, I could leave the relationship. 
Do you know what I mean? But, wow. it, but it doesn't change because all you're doing is is just you're you're making the situation worse because you're adding money to it. Nothing, yeah. nothing will change because that person doesn't know how you feel. And I tried to escape that relationship for years, but in my head, I didn't want a broken relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like because I kept thinking every time it was going wrong, was it something that I was doing? Was it something that I could change? And but I was just enabling it. Because I was too scared to leave it. I didn't have the courage to leave it. Do you know what I mean? And it was just, it was killing me because I was, I was drinking a lot. I was eating a lot. You know, I was getting fatter. Um, you know, I was, I was, my confidence was going, my self-esteem was going out the window. Um, you know, I was alienating my, for myself. I was isolating myself from all my friends. Um, but yet we would paint this big picture of it with that, with people. But as soon as we got in the car, we'd come outside, we would be screaming at each other. And, you know, we just brought out the worst in each other. Mm. And I remember when the relationship ended and like we pretty much got evicted and I lost everything and I had to move back in with my mom. And it was about six months after I severed the last tie, like literally the last tie. And I was like, that's it. See you later. I'm off. And that feeling never left me because it was that first sense of freedom that, mm. that's, you know what, you've gone now. Like there's nothing that you can do because he would do anything you know, he would sit outside the pub he would phone me oh. like, go, he's out there now he's like go out and ask him if he wants a drink do you know what i mean yeah like literally like a stalker he's like where you been where you going it's like it's none of your business do like, you know what nothing. i remember yeah I actually, yeah i remember him and it was bad but yeah. but the thing is is that when you love somebody you want them to change yeah you want to change them and it's not your job no, and it's not. But what you're doing is you're doing it at your own detriment because you're thinking yeah. if he changes, things will be all right. But they won't because you've gone so far down a different path that... And it makes them worse. Yeah. Well, no, it made, yeah, it made, definitely made him worse because it was almost like then I had this kind of, uh, you know, it was almost like a, a manipulation kind of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of bizarre to be a man in a relationship with another man and have that happen to you when I was so independent before I met him. Like I didn't need anything before I met him. I didn't need anybody. I just wanted to be with somebody, you know, I wanted to be in a relationship with somebody and share what I had. And, you know, and I kind of met this guy and fell in love with this guy. And then it just kind of slowly started to go tits up. And when you finish that relationship, there's a lot of blame. Like I blamed him for most stuff. And then, it's only you slowly start to realise that you're thinking, hang on, I had a lot to play in that. Like, I, was I had the same conversation this morning um, with someone. Uh, I was in a really toxic relationship prior to the one I'm in as well. Very manipulative. And people say to me, how? I just can't see you being manipulated. Mm. Like, you don't allow, like, because now I, I don't really let anything slide because I know what I'm worth and I'm not going to put up with it. Um, even though I did to an extent then, but, you know, I, I was the same. I said today, and, and I, I said it for, for quite a few years, I enabled it. I allowed it to happen. Yeah. I allowed someone to treat me like that. So it's partly my fault. Um, but I was the same. It was always blame, you know, blame, blame, blame. But I, I, I knew... If I'm honest with myself, my gut told me at the very beginning, don't do it. And I did it. 
So I've only got myself, well, I've got both of us to blame, but you know, you learn. You do. And I think, you know, I'm in a really, really good, so I'm in a relationship now that I've always wanted, but I didn't know what it was like. So when I come out of that relationship, I remember sitting down and you know, I, like, I need to fix myself up here, you know, so I kind of lost weight and I stopped drinking and everything like that, you know, I'm kind of put, and my mum and my name put me back together. Because I was devastated, literally devastated. I had nothing. I was homeless. You know, I was living back in my mum, in the room in my mum's house. You know, I had nothing. Do you know what I mean? But they put me back together because they made me believe in myself again. And I remember that I sat down and I was like, right, what do I want from a relationship? You know, what do I actually want? What do, what can I give to somebody? And what am I not prepared to accept? Do you know what I mean? And I wrote these down. And I remember when I met Mark about a year later, and I used to go and meet for lunch. And I gave him this list. And what's that when you need to tick some of them boxes? Because you don't hit half of them boxes. <laughs> and he was like, are you, you for real? And I was like, I'm telling you now, if you don't tick half of them boxes, this relationship's going nowhere. And he hit every single one of them. Not because he wanted to, but because he did. Because I remember saying I wanted someone that was happy, someone that was solvent, someone that didn't need somebody, and someone that wanted to be in a relationship. Do you know what I mean? And there was some other one, but they were the top four. Um, and somebody that was prepared to commit. Uh, and 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 they were the top, and as I said, I think it was about there was about 10 in all, and, and it worked. But what I wasn't prepared for, because I don't think you get over that previous relationship, mm. and you obviously carry a lot of baggage anyway. Um, and what I wasn't prepared for was actually what I asked for because I didn't know what it was like. I didn't know what it felt like. I knew what it was on paper, but in reality, it was like, damn. Because like, I, had, I had one relationship and it was bad. He had quite a few and he was friends with them all. And I found that really mm. weird. Ooh. And I couldn't get around I couldn't get my head around it. And he was like, but yeah. we're just friends. And I'm like, but you used to like go out. And yeah, like, and it's like, yeah, why are they here? That's weird. Do you know, that's really weird. You know, he was like, why is it weird? And just because you've had a bad relationship doesn't mean to say that everyone else has. And I was like, okay, so that hurt. Yeah. But I, <laughs> okay. I'm exactly the same. Like, I remember saying to, to Lucy when we met, I had this a similar thing, not a physical list, but I had things that she needed to pass um, before I was willing to let it move. Um, and I remember similar thing after my last relationship I I was like I'm done I'm not getting in another relationship until I've remembered what it's like to be me till I've remembered what it's like not to feel anxious about going out and enjoying myself uh because someone's going to be on my case phoning me and going on about why I haven't picked up the phone I'm not going to feel anxious about going to work and not picking up the phone because I'm dealing with a customer like mm. I need to remember how to enjoy myself and the reason who I am yeah. So I, I made a, a thing, you know, um, and for like a year and a half, I'd met other people and I was so adamant. They were trying, trying. I was like, I'm not getting in a relationship. I'm not having it. Don't want it. Don't want to hear about your family. I don't want to hear about what you're doing at Christmas. Don't want it. Just no. This is what it is. Done. I need to look after myself. I had this really strict thing. And it, then I got to the point where I was enjoying being on my own. I was enjoying life again. I was just, you know, I was tired of looking for, for crap out in the in the world. I was like, wow. And I was just enjoying it. And then, then I met Lucy. And again, nothing, I've never been in a relationship like this before mm -hmm. uh, where there was no kind of, there was trust for the first time. And I was like, 
I can go out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, so I can do music and you're okay with that, yeah? I can be myself. Fuck. First time I've been able to be myself in my life in a relationship and not feel crap. If anything, yeah. get really supported in, in the way I am, warts and all. And wow, it's, it's, it's definitely it's, worth going through all the shit. It's, it's just so funny because it's, it's, it's exactly the same. You know, after the first one finished, you know, I was like, well, who am I? What do I like? What am I into? You know, what yeah. kind of book do I like? And all that sort of stuff. Because I never had that. I kind of basically came out whilst I was in a relationship. And mm. so I didn't know what it was almost like you know, I gravitated to him because he looked presentable. He looked like I could stand at the bar with him and no one would know. Do you mm. know what I mean? I was still in that kind of mindset as in accepting. And then... You know, when that finished and I was going out, I was going out, out. So I was like packing my bag, put it in the boot of my car and I was driving to meet people online and things like that. Cause it was, and I was like leaving my phone number with my sister and all that sort of stuff. So it was in that sense because I needed to know who I was. And so like you, people were kind of like, oh, you know, and I'm like, don't want a relationship. That was my opening gambit. I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm just looking for fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, more Simple as. That's it. I mean, I've got up and left people in bars where they've kind That's of That's it. Like, it's like, I don't even need to know. I don't want to know your last name. Like, I'm and, even, yeah. and then, <laughs> I know this is so dark, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why do I feel like you're going to say something that I'm going to say? That, well, I met, some, I met someone out once and um, I was like, oh, I've just wasted £10 on a drink and she's got hairy arms. <laughs> Like hairy arms, and I was like, "Nah." It would be one little thing that puts you off, wouldn't it? One, I just didn't have the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and it's so judgmental of me, but that's the mm. mind frame that I was in now. Like, uh, that's sorry, that's the mind frame I was in then. Like now, none of that, none of it bothers me. But I was just in a space where I weren't willing to accept anything that yeah. I didn't want to accept. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, was, I was like, no, not taking that. Don't want that. Don't want that. Don't want this. Yeah. Don't want that. I was totally, totally doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Exactly the same thing. I, really I shallow. Yes, massively shallow. But do you know what I think also it was was the fact that my confidence was completely shot. Yeah. completely shot do you know what I mean I had absolutely zero confidence. I had no self esteem, no self worth, and I was like, how do I, you know how do I do this? You know, what, what do I do? And so I was looking at the people to me that I didn't want to get rejected by. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'd, I'd just come out of a relationship and I felt dejected. So I didn't want to be rejected. And so I was, I was kind of going to meet guys that probably I would never have dated, but I think it was kind of getting myself back into that, who am I starting to love myself, starting to understand myself and starting to enjoy being around other people because I wasn't looking for a relationship. So it was never long-term. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, and sex is quite chucked, chuck, quite chuck away anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. it's quite disposable. Yeah. Uh, that's because, you know, you kind of meeting someone to have sex anyway, you know, if you yeah. get on as a bonus. Um, and so I kind of come to that realization quite, quite early. Cause I was kind of like, Oh, what first night? I'm doing it. And then I was kind of like, well, I, you know, it was one of the, like, every other, every other night. Do you know what I mean? When I was like, my fucking, my, my, my cat's going up, man. Like, yeah. I'm getting figures in, like, six months. I'm, I started getting annoyed if I'd wasted my time <laughs> yeah. and then get to the end goal. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, 
It's like, should you just come to my house? It's like, well, I live with my mum, you know what I mean? Like, so do I, do you, but you don't want to come to my house, right? Because you can't. Yeah. Not, we don't live in a house, we live in a pub. So therefore, yeah. you got through the pub, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it was. And then I started to realise that actually, and then you obviously your confidence starts to rise a bit because you become used to it and you start to understand. And then, and then I, I remember Mark and I met online and I remember seeing him. I kept going over his profile and thinking, I am punching it. Like, he's <laughs> way out league do you know what I mean and me and me used to sit there she's like just messed him I was like no nah, man because she used to go to me how tall was he and I was like he's like five ten she's like too small too short yep. no no you're six foot five Lee no 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 I remember she dropped me up took me down to Grinch one day to go meet this guy and she goes so where is he then and I was like he's over there she's like, oh. <laughs> I can't see him. And I went, he's over. She went, how small is he? You know what I mean? And she went, all I could see was you walking towards him and this guy wasn't getting any bigger. You know what I mean? She went, it looked like he was in the distance, but he was literally on the curb. And she went, even when you were standing on the, like, he was on the curb and you was on the road, so you were still like miles taller than him. And she went, I remember driving away and seeing you in my rear view and just going, no, like, yeah. no, no way. So that was always a running joke, like, at all was it? Like, at all was it? Oh, and then, so I remember when I see Mark and I was like, and for about a week or so, I was like, I can't, this dude is just like proper out of my league. And then I remember messaging him and thinking, you know, when you'd send the message, you're like, shit, I should have said, I should have said that. And then about 10 minutes later, we sent a message back and he was like, I was like, what? And then you start thinking about what, what do I say? Because I don't want to fuck it up. And yeah. then we arranged to meet and it, it didn't, didn't happen. And then we arranged to meet after that. And then it kind of just, I remember, I remember our first date, man. Like I remember getting back in the car and I remember finding my mum and saying, I'm going to marry this man. And she was like, what son? I was like, I'm going to marry this man. And he was like, she went, don't be stupid. You can't get married. And I was like, well, if I can get married, I would get married to this man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Marriage was never on my radar at all. But I just knew, I knew from the second that I met him that, that, that I loved this man and I was going to yeah. spend a significant part, if not all of my life with him, do you know what I mean? And I'd never felt that about anybody. I never believed that shit. I didn't think it would happen, but I just knew. Do you know what I mean? Like, I massively knew. And here we are, like, fucking 11 years down the line. We've been through so right. much. I've put this man through the ringer. Like, I have rinsed him inside. Like he's been by your side, though, hasn't he? Massively, he's just been consistent, hasn't changed a bit. You ain't even fucking aged either, the bastard. <laughs> but, but you know, it's I think if anybody else, it just would have it wouldn't have been the same thing. Do you, you know, know what? what? I think I think we're long overdue coming to visit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, long overdue. Us us <laughs> coming to visit. I think we'd have a great weekend. Oh, it'd be brilliant, man. Like, you can, yeah, you'd, you'd love it, yeah. You'd love it, yeah. It's yeah. just so peaceful, do you know what I mean? Like, you can think. And yeah. it's, I never knew what it was like to be able to think one thing at a time. Yeah. Because there's just so much colliding. But here, you know, I've managed to unpick so much and untangle so much of myself. It's just been amazing. It really Yeah, has. you've got the space that you need. Mm. And I can't speak the language, so I haven't got to talk to no one either. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, yeah. That's like double winning. Isn't it? Don't look at my dog because they're English. Yeah. <laughs> a foreigner, you know, a bona fide foreigner now. Mm-hmm. Love it. You know what I mean? But um, Eve, listen, as always, it's always a pleasure talking to you. We could just carry on. I know, I know, I know. But I'm just okay. thinking... People are going to listen to this. Like I'm expecting them to laugh out loud, but I'm yeah, also got to understand that you know 
it's you know it's it, as it can will and deserves to get better you know it really does um, i mean look at us we're amazing yeah. Where you are is not as good as it gets. You know, it's kind of like I am where I am now, but I know that there's still more to come because yeah. I'm focused in that direction now. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, and you're open to it as well, you know. And I think, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of growing and learning and, you know, being able to laugh about yourself. And, you know, we can look at each other and, and laugh. We, yeah, literally laugh, uh, but from the heart, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. I I always have a good talking to you, yeah. um, and it was important yeah. that I had you on. It was important that I brought you onto the podcast because I just wanted to kind of show that there is growth in all of us, and I wanted to show that you know where we came from to where we are. You know, it's it wasn't easy. Like it wasn't easy at all. Um, no. But it can. It is possible. You know, it really. Yeah. Is. People know where they can find you. Um, all over socials, either on Peak Music UK, um, We Are The Unheard uh, on Insta. You can grab a t-shirt from my website, peakmusic.uk, um, or Eve Horn. Thank you. You are welcome. Hi guys, this is Lee. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you've been affected by any of the issues discussed, you'll find some helpful links in the episode bio. Don't forget to subscribe.